Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this vast, beautiful world. I am Reverend Wendy Silvers, and you have arrived at the Awakened Mother podcast. These are weekly dialogues that are uncensored, unfiltered, honest interactions between myself and magnificent guests, leading edge moms, spiritual leaders and teachers, visionaries, experts, all in service to the upliftment and the empowerment of moms so that they in turn can raise healthy families and empowered children. So I'm so happy that you are here and uh, continue to follow us and please spread the word so that there's everyone can hear a message of hope and healing and inspiration. Uh, today, I am just so thrilled to share with you a woman that I had the honor of meeting uh, approximately a year ago. And from the minute I met her, I was like, I love her. And I love her energy and the work that she is committed to doing. And she's a mom. And her name is Bane Saleh. And she's an architect, an environmental sustainable strategist, and a plant and health researcher. She's worked for many years in the fields of sustainable architecture, metropolitan research and design, and zero waste technology. After a personal health crisis, she spent the following 10 years researching the field of public health to both identify the root causes for the global rise in chronic illnesses, including cancer, autoimmune disorders and allergies, and find medicinal plants and alternative treatments to fight those diseases. Her passion, for healing with nature led her to nature's largest pharmacy, the Amazon, God bless the Amazon. In 2019, she founded the Mothers of the Amazon Initiative with the mission to protect the Amazon rainforest and the health of its indigenous communities through restorative and regenerative community projects that empower women in the Brazilian Amazon. Since its creation, Mothers of the Amazon has been designing and implementing a sustainable community master plan, a model of sustainable development for the Amazon in the region of the Carapanha in Accra in Brazil. And I will defer to Bane for the correct pronunciation. <laughs> Bane's mission is to raise awareness for the need to protect the Amazon for future generations. The mothers of the Amazon are raising the next generations of guardians of the forest who will protect the world's biodiversity and pharmacy for future generations. Wow. Welcome. Welcome, Bane. Thank you for this most powerful and potent work in uh, preserving the Amazon. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be here, <laughs> to be part of the Awakened Mothers. <laughs> well, I imagine that you yourself went through a process of awakening from being um, an architect to the initiative with the Amazon of the Mothers. Would that be accurate? Yes, I could say so. <laughs> For sure, um, I um, after years of, of uh, practicing architecture in um, mainly the Middle East and then in Los Angeles, um, it was a focus on sustainable design, developing you know uh, 
gold standard lead buildings, so buildings that actually can generate energy instead of um, um, utilizing energy. Uh, and, um, and then I had a big health crisis, as you, <laughs> as you described. Um, and uh, I wanted to understand what were the root causes of, of my illness. I had cancer coming out of Lebanon after many years of, of war and, and, um, and chronic stress, you could call that, <laughs> on the system. And um, I, so I, you know, I started really researching the type of cancer I had did not have any treatment um, uh, for it. And so I was determined that was my mind <laughs> and my research skills, which I had like, you know, learned to do in architecture when we start having a new project, whether it's like a hospital or an airport, like sometimes we've never built those, pro you know, those programs, those types of buildings. So we have to research to understand how, how, you know, what are, what are the uh, programmatic needs for different types of buildings. So I was, I had some, some good research skills <laughs> and I figured I'm gonna really try to understand the disease I have, understand how it functions, what, it, you know, what, it, what are the root causes of it and then find um, in nature, the properties that are needed to heal that. So uh, in my um, case, my uh, cancer was induced by a virus. So it was, so I started thinking, okay, what are the, you know, antiviral plants that I could use, the strongest antiviral plants that I could use to cleanse my system. And from that on, you know, I really kind of like um, discovered the world of, you know, the, the magic of, of nature <laughs> and, and, um, and was able to heal myself. And, um, and that journey took me to the Amazon because it's the largest pharmacy of uh, the planet and many plants there are available for our healings there. You know, so I think something like 75% of any Western you know, medicine is comes from plants. So you know, it's like isolated com compounds of, of 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 plants that are then commercialized. And but we have access to those plants directly <laughs> without having the side effects that um, certain medicines can can create. And um, yeah, I was able to heal myself. And and I knew at that moment that at one point, both the architecture and the sustainable design um you know hours i had put into 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 developing those skills will come you know will come together with everything i've learned about healing um in order to save a greater purpose um as i was kind of uh, diving into into my disease i also like started to figure out okay if my immune system is breaking down what are the what are the causes for that for that breakdown in the immune system? I discovered I, was, I had like a really high level of heavy metals, mm -hmm. you know, uranium, cadmium, tin from from chemical weapons uh, from the war in Lebanon. So also like looked into how do we actually cleanse the body um, from environmental toxins, and and that's how. And then I was. I be, as I got sick myself, I really discovered that it was, you know, there was such a rise in chronic illnesses around the world. And I was really determined to understand uh, how those diseases are, are, 
are created. And as I was also on a, on a you know, physical healing journey and I was able to heal myself the first time, I got sick again the second time. And I kind of realized, kind of received a guidance that, you know, as long as I didn't heal also the emotional part and, you know, the, the, the trauma I had experienced with the war, uh, I would keep on getting sick eventually so that I had to really heal at like all, all the bodies, you know, the energetic body, the physical body, the spiritual body, the emotional body. And so I started a, also a spiritual quest and um, I uh, one day was invited to, uh, to study with uh, elders from the Amazon. Uh, and uh, one of the elders had my name, Bane. And uh, Bane is a very rare name in my country. It's actually pronounced Ban, it's written the same way, but pronounced Ban. And the last name was also similar. It was one letter away. So I was really kind of called, I followed the signs. <laughs> and um, as I was in the forest with this elder, I asked him after showing him my passport, <laughs> have the same name <laughs> I, I said to him I said Bane like what can we do to protect the forest and he smiled and I felt a bit um, kind of childish like what, what did I say anything wrong <laughs> and he said it's not only the forest it's the whole world and I said no I'm aware if the, if the forest you know is in danger the whole planet is in danger and he said Bane the only thing you can do is to raise awareness um, and in that moment, it was really like kind of like a click that happened and I got back home and I started thinking, you know, what is my network of influence? Like, how can I help raising uh, awareness around the need to protect the forest? And um, I was like very, very connected to the forest for, for many years. It was kind of like my spiritual practice to, to pray to the forest <laughs> for support and um and i just you know was everything that was happening in in brazil also in the last three years i think we've you know we've increased the deforestation rates from over a hundred percent um we've destroyed seven percent of the forest in three years um, and 15 percent in the last over 50 years so like the deforestation rate is going really really like ex exponentially growing and and I felt really called to bring awareness around, around that issue. And so I started thinking about my network of influence and I'm a mom. <laughs> I hang out with moms <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot of day dates. <laughs> okay. um, and I thought, well, you know, I'm with all these mothers that, you know, have the same interest as me. They want to protect the future of, of their children. And at the same time that I was going through that process, um, children were protesting around the world um, with the youth movement. Uh, and, and it was very kind of like poignant to me to like see all these children asking, asking us, asking their, their parents, you know, to awaken and to, to do something to, 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 to make, you know, to create impact, to make the changes that are necessary to slow down um, this race um, that we are in of destroying nature and, um, you know, uh, extracting resources and, and, um, 
at a very fast rate and killing all the animals and you know um, we are also like losing many species at a you know like a thousand times more rapidly than any time in history so all those elements kind of came together and uh, and the creation of uh, mothers of the amazon uh, <laughs> took place <laughs> what a powerful story and i as I listen to you, I think about how our divine destiny leaves, I call them like cosmic breadcrumbs. So um, there you were as an architect cultivating and developing certain skills that translated into being able to create a design for uh, thriving for the for the Amazon for the and and how do you say that is it Carapana in Acre? Carapana and Acre, the city Acre. So so Acre is a, is a, at the border of Peru, really at the footstep of the Andes. Um, uh, that state borders with uh, Colombia and Peru, um, uh, and. Uh, uh, and so really why that state is, is kind of, you know, crucial for the protection of, of, uh, of the rainforest, uh, it is um, because it has like some of the uh, many, many different indigenous, you know, people uh, live in that state. And, and they are, some of them are called the last guardians of the rainforest. They protect also uncontacted tribes. So they're kind of like the buffer. Those tribes are like buffers for the uncontacted tribes. And um, so it became, and, and that's where my journey led me, uh, was that elder that I met that had my name. So it felt, you know, and it's in Brazil and Brazil represents 60% of the Amazon rainforest. So it's the largest, you know, the Amazon extends over nine countries and 60% of it is in Brazil. Um, so, it, and with the government in place that is, has this uh, really kind of um, devastating uh, politics uh, around deforestation, it seemed like that's where I should concentrate my my focus and energy and um, and the idea was really um, so I have a degree in something called scenario planning. It's a it's a strategic tool developed by the American Army to develop war scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when did you did you so this was when you were in Lebanon? Or did you go to school in Lebanon? No, I went to school in Europe and in America. So, okay. And then I returned to Lebanon and then the war started again and I decided to actually, um, I, I was not, I didn't decide to leave. I actually was going to, to study for a workshop and um, I discovered I was sick in that moment. Um, and the doctor told me, they like basically tested my um, oxidative stress levels and he told me, find a mountain and do not move from the mountain if you want to make it. <laughs> and I thought, mm, maybe going back to Lebanon is not such a good idea at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, I decided to stay here. Um, and 
um, I met uh, the father of my child and, and um, was having fertility issues because of the, of the environmental toxins. I was told I couldn't have a child. And so after my healing, I was able to conceive Gaia, uh, who came as like my little miracle baby. <laughs> That's why her name is Gaia, because it's almost the help of, uh, of all the plants and all, all, all of Mother Earth. <laughs> well, how apropos, how, how apropos that that uh, Gaia is the mother and all of and all of her beautiful children, the plants and and the two leggeds and the four leggeds and you know the winged ones and how apropos that your precious child would represent and inspire the work mothers of the Amazon. I mean, you didn't choose guardians of the Amazon; you chose mothers. Yes. And what prompted you to choose mothers of the Amazon? Well, it's the first, at first it started by thinking like, what is my network of influence? And I'm doing this. And the reason why I was, you know, driven to do this was for my child. I was like seeing all these children protesting and I was thinking like, oh my God, if one, one day my child is going to, you know, is going to also ask me like, what did you do? What, how did you, you know, how did you stop this, <laughs> this global crisis? What were the actions you took? And, um, and so I felt like a sense of responsibility toward, towards Gaia uh, to, to actively be, you know, uh, creating positive impact. And, uh, and also I then realized that the, the mothers of the Amazon are, are, are the one, you know, raising the next generation of, of, of children who are gonna guard the forest because wherever, um, there is indigenous communities. So indigenous communities represent like 5% of, of the world's population and they protect over 82% of our biodiversity. So in order to protect nature, we need to support indigenous communities to keep on living the way they are living because their way of life, which is basically a zero waste, you know, zero waste um, a culture, um, is protecting nature wherever they are. The forest is is protected, and so I figured that the the most effective um, climate action I could take was to protect the the health of the next generation and yes. the mother of of the guardians of the forest. <laughs> yes, wow. I so resonate. Like my whole body resonates with what you're what you're saying. The, the vibration, because there's a vibration to what you're saying. So I really, I really resonate with that. And uh, circling back to the, to the, what's it called? Sina, the war plan? What's it? Oh, scenario, scenario planning. Scenario. scenario. Okay. Scenario planning. So scenario planning is, is, so it's a strategic tool to develop basically, you know, five to 10 years, two years, whatever you know you can kind of scale the, the the time frame of the scenario and to envision plausible futures you know and um, the way that that is done is by kind of like analyzing a context so you know looking at the strengths the weaknesses the threats the opportunities the friends the foes the all the driving forces the social technological ecological economical political mm -hmm. driving forces affecting an area so in this case, the Amazon, and, um, and then looking at also all the critical uncertainties. For example, today we're facing a really major critical uncertainty is whether 
the 191 law is going to be passed by the by the uh, uh, Brazilian government. So that law would revoke um, it would revoke the the need for a corporation to ask for permission uh, to uh, to indigenous communities who have demarcated their territories and to enter their territories and you know. Um, develop mining projects, logging, um, oil, and and so that would literally like open the forest to China, um, to to major corporations. So that could that is a critical uncertainty whether or not it happened. That would drastically change the plausible futures of the Amazon, for example. So we kind of have to like assess what are what are the critical uncertainties of, of the area you're studying with that tool and like try to imagine how things could pan out in the future so you can anticipate them to protect, right? So yeah. I like to say that I, I use a, a war strategy to create peace and sustainability. <laughs> well, that book, The Art of War. The Art of War, yeah. The Art of War. So thank you for yeah. doing that. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I've heard that the, uh, the, the Amazon is the heart, the lungs of the world, but then I also, I don't know if it was from uh, a recent experience with the Kojis that they talked about the womb, the womb, the Amazon's the, also, a, I don't know if it's a segment of the, of the womb, a segment of the Amazon that is referred to as the womb. But I, I mean, think, it, yeah, sorry, excuse me. Um, it, it's a beautiful idea because people refer to it mainly as the lung, but it's yeah. actually more the heart than the lung because- I it, said it, heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's where people like refer to it as lung. And the reason why it's more the heart than the lung is because it produces, you know, 25% of our clean water, of our fresh waters. Um, and, and it affects, you know, the raining patterns, of, you know, across America and Europe. And so all our water, you know, which is basically like the forest, you know, the, 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 the forest like condenses water into, into a cloud forest and those clouds, you know, move and then create rain all over the planet. Uh, and so, so in that sense, it's the heart, but I love this idea of the womb and it makes so much sense because it has like over 10 million different like species of plants and animals. And so it's kind of like the bursting of all the creatures, you know, and, and, um, of life, you know, it's, 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 it's where life gets, gets, <laughs> gets yes. and, and created. So I, I love this idea. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Absolutely, it felt it just came across my awareness as we were as we were talking about it, and and I I find it amazing in terms of the uh, implementation of let's say uh, intention. I uh, with my clients, I talk a lot about intention, the power of intention, and when I hear you when you started sharing about how you you made the statement that you would like to explore the Amazon or you, and then you went and then the elders invited you. I mean, that's an invitation, but that's also, again, going back to the, your divine destiny, you know, leaves cosmic breadcrumbs, these, you know, lights along the way who, 
when you were a little girl, I wonder if you ever had a vision when you might've been, you know, did you, what, what was yeah. it? <laughs> it's, it's start, and it happened at different times. I like now can retrace it. I'm like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was going there. Um, so I think I must have been seven or something. And uh, we just left Lebanon for the first time. You know, we kept on leaving Lebanon at different moments of the war because um, every time we would go back thinking the war is over and then we would realize the war is still happening so my family of course to protect to protect us you know would would like take us out of the conflict zone but we still spent you know many years in it um, but so we had just moved to Paris and uh, my dad took me to a Sting concert and I got to meet um Raoni, uh, you know, as, as Sting was, was like one of the first uh, artists to kind of, you know, bring awareness around the need to protect the rainforest. And I remember thinking like really vividly that like, this is what I want to do. Like, I, I, I want to protect the forest. I want to protect the people of the forest, you know? And uh, I think in 2018, um, just before I, I I, I had already met the elders and I was already starting to think of like, what am I, you know, how am I going to do this? I got invited um, to the climate week in New York and, and I met with Brownie, ended up spending like three days <laughs> with his delegation. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I think like at different moments I had, I had vision that this would happen. Um, yeah. I remember also seeing a documentary like around 2007 and um, it was about um, it was about healing uh, in and there was different you know different um, indigenous people represented in the documentary and and I remember thinking one day I'm one day I'm going to be down in the forest healing, you know, uh, with those communities as if I also knew that I was going to get ill, you know, like, like, like I could foresee that I, I would get sick. And like, so, so there, everything was, is somehow like connected, um, connected. And definitely I, what you describe is, um, I like to study many different traditions and, and how they heal. Um, um, and I kind of like gotten to the point where I realized like they all heal in the same way you know it's always the same tool it's putting the patient in a state of 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 of, um, of deep meditation and 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 chanting um, so with vibration right it's like healing with sound um, and um, I so one of the traditions that I like to study is they're called the Kiros and they're kind of like the last, last Incas, the, you know, who the last tribe of the Incas, they've retrieved into the Andes and they live up in the, up in the mountains and they observe the world and they prophesize about, you know, the changes that are coming and the ecological collapses that we might face. And, um, and they they talk they say that there's two types of of dreams there is the sacred dream and there is the daydream the daydream is the i anything that like i want so it's like i want a bigger house i want a car i want you know like 
kind of linked to material things and the daydream always ends up as a nightmare it has like a it has like a limit it has a limit uh, date to it and um so it's like you buy the big you buy the land your own buy the land your mortgage increases you get into the rat race so we can see how those right how the how things can turn into a nightmare and the sacred dream is a dream that's bigger than you it's martin luther king wanting to end you know uh seg segregation and and uh, creating the civil rights movement there's gandhi you know uh, uh uh, bringing peace uh, in his region is it's Nelson Mandela fighting against apartheid in, in, in South Africa. So the, so the sacred dream is is bigger than the I. It's the I at the service of the we. And and they have this belief that when you are when you embark on your sacred mission on your sacred dream, you kind of become a luminous warrior, a warrior of light. And and they say that the warriors of light have no enemies neither in this life nor in any others. So it's to really be kind of, um, be in a state of, of, of you know, of, of deep empathy for everything around, around, around you, kind of really learn how to come out of, of the energy of blaming and pointing the fingers and right, right? Like, so how do we do this work without, without um, it's very, very easy once you, become an, uh, an advocate or an activist for a cause to, um, to, to, to fight, to, to enter yes. into a fighting yes. mode, right? Yes. And so, so they believe that if you actually like, you know, walk this path as a luminous warrior and, and embark on your sacred journey, that you get all the spiritual support that is needed, that all the, you know, that you are guided and supported into the mission. And I really feel um, this way with this work, um, I really feel that that I'm, I've I've been so so blessed and you know so much gratitude for all the mothers that have like joined and 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 that are sharing their network and sharing their their tools and their skills to be able to support the forest, um, the highest and best ways. <laughs> oh, I'm so moved by what you shared. Thank you. Thank you to the elders for that, the, the sacred, the luminous warrior. I, 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 I sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all do? It's like, why are we doing anything else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know that. I, I, I'm just so moved by what the elders shared and how you shared that because my experience has been that the biggest journey is to stop the finger pointing because there, so everything is energy and everything is vibration. And if you're busy pointing the finger at that person, you've got three pointing back at you, but there's a blind spot because it's really hard to see when there's in, in front of you is this image of inhumane behavior, the ego, wants to separate right, wrong, higher, lower, good, bad. And there's not the ability to be luminous warrior to really embody that. And so that is my intention. My intention is to be a luminous warrior, mama. Thank you. Thank you for being on this mission. 
yes. <laughs> I mean, as many as we can. It's yes. just become, and, and you know, part of that work has become to also like awaken other mothers to their sacred missions, you know? Absolutely. Yes, that's, yeah. Yes, that's, <laughs> yes. I know you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is, that is also um, my intention because what you said before about the mothers raise the next generation. And even though we have um, in our uh, society, we have same-sex parents, men and, and women, and then there's other configurations. The, you know, traditionally, and as of right in this moment, a child moves through a woman's, is, is in a woman's womb, moves down the birth canal, and is birthed through a woman. Everyone that enters this dimension enters through a woman. And even if it's two dads that are raising a child, there's usually, there's one of the men embody that, that maternal energy. And even if it's two women, one, you know, one of them embodies or leads with more of the maternal. So this this mothering that you're speaking about and the, the luminosity of being um, more committed to the sacred than, than the I is really, I think, the, the recipe or like the strategy that you, that you spoke about, that's the strategy for, for really um, the word that comes to my mind is saving our 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 uh, population, our our world from extinction. Our, our species. Our species. The, the, the planet you. is gonna survive. You know, the yes, planet will survive. Exactly. It will regenerate. It will. You know, it's it's way more powerful than us. The question is, are we going to be? Are we going to be there? Are our children going to be there to witness that? You know. Yes. And so. So yeah, and um, I'd I'd like to share a little bit about our project if it's if it's please. Uh, I was going to ask yeah. you what you would like to to share and any call to action for the awakened the awakened mothers and others that that will will be watching and listening to this. Yeah. So 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 really like the so after after you know kind of running a, a set of scenarios over the forest and, and this region particularly, um, and that state, the state of Acre, and, and looking at like how development is coming into the forest, you know, it's like there's a resistance for to, to kind of preserve the indigenous cultures, but there's also the modern world like knocking at the door and it's very, very close. We're like in this kind of like transition, transitional time and, and and the scenarios could, you know, drastically vary from um, depending on on what you know what actions are taken and what decisions are implemented and what solutions are implemented in the forest. And so, I, you know, I took some time to really analyze and observe how it is developing, how is the modern world impacting those communities, and and um, and also really kind of communicating with the communities we work with the Huni Queen Federation so it is the it is um, uh, kind of an organization that oversees over 108 indigenous villages Huni Queen villages so it's the largest indigenous um, community from that from that state from the state of Acre 
And so, you know, we had a lot of like workshop session of like, what are your needs? You know, what are your challenges? What to really try to understand and not come there with the, they call it the white savior complex of thinking we're yes. going to solutions, you know, but yeah. really listening, listening to what is needed and, and then just bring, you know, the, the sustainable knowledge um, to help develop in the most sustainable way. And so, you know, improving the health of the population was number one, because they were facing what was incredible also was the crumbs that you were talking about is that the first meeting I had was the Federation that like, we're like, you know, how can we help you? What are, what are your needs? And they said, you know, we're facing cancers, autoimmune disorders and, 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 you know, dysentria and malnutrition and other, you know, um, other, other diseases, but cancer and autoimmune disorders were like top on, uh, you know, high on the list. And, and they wanted to understand where those um, diseases were coming from. And so we basically um, chose a pilot region, which is the region of Carapana. We, uh, you know, ran some um, baseline health assessments on, you know, water, health and soil health and, and diet and, you know, um, lifestyle, just really observing like what, wh where was the source of contamination coming? Because from my studies, understanding that those diseases are, you know, the product of, of, of a toxic world, basically. Um, and um, so, so of course, you know, the mining industries, the water is polluted with heavy metals, the nearby cities that are affecting, um, that are throwing all their, all their medical waste, all their chemical waste into the rivers, which are, you know, going into the communities and, and really kind of mapping, right? Mapping um, what, uh, what were the challenges being faced and, and also observing how things are being developed in the moment and realizing that, you know, many communities are finding ways to like fundraise or like work in the cities and bring money back into the communities to bring in solar or, or you know, bringing in a well or because the most basic needs are not, um, uh, are not uh, provided by the government. So, um, and looking at how those things are being developed and realizing like, oh my God, like all those communities are not bringing solar. Solar seems like a green solution, but truly if every one of those communities brought in solar panels and solar batteries uh, within five years, the whole area would be fully contaminated with heavy metals from leaching batteries and, um, and, and, and uh, toxic waste and um, same for the water and, the, you know, there's a whole other Because set of the of, solar pan panels. Well, because of the batteries, right? The, the batteries are, you know, have a heavy metals in them. So like, and they, you know, they buy cheap batteries from China that are like, don't have like a long lifespan. They use them for a couple of years, then they throw them, you know, then they stay in the forest, they start leaching, they infiltrate the groundwater. I mean, it's a whole cycle of contamination. And so the idea was like, well, Anne, can you just clarify where, what are the batteries used for? Yeah, for the solar energy. It is for the solar. Okay, but great. Thank solar. you. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, and so the, the, the idea behind the project became to develop like a master plan, um, basically a set of regulation for development, like 
if you if we are going to develop you know solar energy well can we develop solar energy without batteries can we just have solar energy during the day uh, uh, so for example the uh, sleeping patterns are not changing. You know, if we bring in electricity, suddenly people are sleeping at like 10 p.m., but they were sleeping at seven, and then all their hormones are changing. And like you, affect, you can affect health in so many ways, right? Any 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 solution that seems like a good idea has has side effects, if you want, you know, has can have negative impacts. So how could we help them develop because those are needs that they are really craving to have. They're craving to have energy. They're craving to have clean water, right? So how can we bring, um, uh, how can we help them develop in the most sustainable way? And so that's what we started to do in the region of Carapana. We built 15 wells, solar powered wells. There's no batteries. Um, the panels pump the water during the day to get stored for if there is a use at night. Um, and so, and we also like do education workshops on, well, if you bring water it, and then suddenly they're using, for example, they have some dependencies on a few products from the city, like soaps, you know, to, to share with the communities that soaps have, detergents have heavy metals. They are the same thing you are fighting. You're fighting the mining companies because it's contaminating the forest. Now you are going to start to contaminate the forest yourself without even the awareness because you're purchasing products, modern products that are that are chemical. So it, we try to really like create like a holistic approach to every solution that we are developing in the forest, and um, which um, support both development and also the preservation of the culture. So, you know, small examples, you know, for example, the shirt I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing is, is hand weaved by, by hand. And it's a, it's, a, it's a dying art because it takes a lot of time. You have to harvest the cotton, you have to, you know, uh, create the thread out of the cotton, then you have to naturally hand dye all the, all the, all the you know, all the treads and then, and then you can start weaving. And so, for example, now a lot of um, the women realize, well, it's cheaper to bead. Like we can bead faster and we can sell it faster. It sells more easily. So, so the art of weaving is dying. So how do we incentivize, you know, um, how do we incentivize those communities to like really preserve their culture and their ancestral knowledge, whether it's medicinal or um, artisanship or, um, and so this is the work we're doing <laughs> as of now. It's very exciting. So we built a house of artisans to actually um, um, uh, support the next generation, the youth to learn the beading and the weaving because the elders are, you know, they're growing old and with COVID, uh, we've lost many elders also uh, in the forest. And so how, how can we like train the next generation of, of uh, of indigenous women to to learn to learn uh, their their practices and 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 strengthen the cultures so wow wow <laughs> so i imagine that donations would be really helpful uh, and anyone more, who's than, got <laughs> more than ever because as of now we are going through the second year in a row we are going through major floodings historical floodings climate changes <laughs> no every time I talk to the communities there I'm like how's it going they, they tell me in, in you know 
cambio climatico, climate change. <laughs> That's the only answer I, you know, I hear. Like the elders have no doubt that something is going on because they've never had such floods. And we have like, you know, dozens of villages that have lost everything from housing to um, animal crops um, to their um, animals also. And uh, so we are fundraising now for emergency funds to be able to send, you know, just the minimum per village so that they can buy food, buy clean water. Also when the floods happen, there's no access to clean water. It's been a really big um, scare last year and this year a little bit less because COVID is, is on the was on the down. But last year we had COVID and then with the floods, we had parasitic infections, malaria, dengue, increase in those diseases because stagnant water brings, you know, more mosquitoes so it was a, a recipe for for disaster and many many uh, in the history of of of, um, of civilization and that many communities have completely been you know disappeared due to due to lack of access to clean water to due to water contamination so it was a really big scare and this year we're we're again um in the same boat <laughs> on the what? same boat what do the elders say? I mean, because they can prophesy. What 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 is their uh, what is their take on what's happening? You know, I mean, I don't know if they can prophesize, but they definitely see that like we need to make changes. Like that's what that's what's really the message. It's like it's time to give a voice for and for for the indigenous because they have been caring for nature and they have been caring for the forest and they are living harmoniously with it and their life is intrinsically like dependent on it and they communicate with it you know in those traditions you communicate with the spirits of everything of plants of mother earth of the fire of the water and and so they're listening and they're listening to the to the call of the mother and of the great forest and and you know, the forest is saying, stop cutting me down, stop abusing me, stop contaminating me, um, and listen to my children. And so, so they, I think really they, they're trying to like, like, like uh, being heard, you know, I think it's like, it's a very like recent that like we actually honor, you know, we, we honor indigenous cultures and traditions and it has become kind of a hip, you know, <laughs> a hip thing lately in California, especially, right? right? But, right. but so it's a return, it's a return to that, but, but even the communities themselves, you know, for there was so much racism around, you know, the same as like for being an Afro-American in the United States or, or being a Native American, um, there's like a, a kind of like a renaissance around 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 um, those those cultures and and also within the communities like pride in 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 their ancestral knowledge and so that that's that's the hope that's beautiful to see that that you know there's more and more people caring about about the fate of the forest about the fate of those communities. But yeah, a call to action would be to support uh, for this emergency fund. You can go to Mothers of the Amazon website. There is a donate um, section. You can just donate. It's all tax deductible. So Mothers anything. of the Amazon.org? Dot, dot com. Okay. Dot com, yeah. And so, yeah, 
be really, really grateful for the communities. Um, uh, if yeah. we can support them in replanting all the, all the, you know, all the, the basically like to give them food security because when they lose their food crops for the year, I mean, for a whole year, you know, they don't know how they're going to feed themselves. So we're trying to buy seedlings and help them replant um, and also structures. Um, how many houses were destroyed and communal spaces where they have their gatherings and bridges for harvesting. And there's many different types of structures that's been affected in different communities. So anything helps and so much gratitude as they say in the forest, muita, muita gratidão. <laughs> lots and lots of gratitude for any help in coming this way. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. That, thank you. I'll make sure that all that information is accessible for people. Thank you for your work. And I have one last question for you. What would you say to mothers listening? How can they stay awake? What is, what is, what is a gift of being awakened? That seems like two questions. So an it is actually, I realize, yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. I'll answer to the first one. Um, so, how do we stay awake? We listen. We listen to our inner guidance. Um, there is in Lakota tradition, um, they say that when you receive your life's mission, so we all have a life's mission, and when we are shown or, you know, received through a message, through a dream, through thoughts, uh, our life's mission, if we do not follow that mission, we will get ill. And um, it is very powerful to, to even think about that. And I, I, I always like to bridge the spiritual and the science, right? Because I, like through my research, I have like a really kind of like, I went deep into the science of things, but I, and I also went into the spiritual aspect and try to understand if both actually kind of um, correlate, right? <laughs> um, and I, I started thinking about this, like how could you actually get sick if you, know, you, you knew you were supposed to be doing something meaningful or being at service in any way and you were not doing it? And, um, and I started thinking, well, imagine if you, know, you really felt called to help the homeless, right? Um, and every time you walked on the street, you saw a homeless person and you had guilt for knowing that you could help, but you never did anything about it. And every day you would wake up with a very kind of like mild guilt, not even being aware of it, right? But it's present, but it would stay in your system. And we know now like what those emotions kind of create, what kind of neurochemicals those emotions create for the body. So they'll create, you know, adrenaline and noradrenaline and cortisol. And, um, and, and that has the capacity, we know now from epigenetics, that, that has the capacity to literally turn the, 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 the genes of diseases on. So let's say if you have, you know, if you're predisposed to have cancer, and we all have, you know, predispositions to certain diseases, Alzheimer, whatever, whatever the disease is, then secreting those types of neurochemical for a long for many years for 15 20 years you know could literally make you sick so there is like science <laughs> to support <laughs> to support um those uh, yeah and so i would say i would say to really listen you know to listen because we're guided uh you know i know in our modern 
world, like if you say, I got a message, you, you know, take into a psychiatric assignment <laughs> for delusion or something, some sort of pathology, you'll be diagnosed. But actually, you know, we all have psychic abilities. This, in, you know, information like thoughts are, are you know, are yes. energy, right? They're energy and we're yeah. like living in one field of energy. And so we have the capacity to kind of like catch different ideas, right? Or like what we call telepathy. It's like literally like yeah. it's just information floating all around us. So all those messages we receive, like for me, I always think to myself, if I'm receiving the same message twice, that means I really need to listen. And sometimes the message comes three and four and five and six times and we're still not listening. So to stay awake, I would say just really listen. <laughs> Thank you. And what's the gift of being awakened? Ah, <laughs> the gift of being awakened. Uh, I think I would I would say inner peace, because because if again if we know that we're supposed to be doing something, if we know we have the capacity to create positive impact and 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 to help, you know. Um, steer things in a better direction and and we don't do it we can't really be you know at peace with ourselves and so once we listen and, but you know and that's how we stay awake and we actually like embark on on whatever it is we are called to do then we find like we find that inner peace because we know we're doing the right thing to do the right thing brings inner inner peace so i would say that's the gift of being awakened <laughs> Thank you. I love that. The alignment, the alignment with, with what you're receiving creates that inner peace when you, when you also, you know, yes. And that it reminds me um, many years ago, I was told that the trees communicate. They send messages through the earth and they, they reveal how the species, how are, how are things going so I, I just love that listening. Listen, mm -hmm. listen. Thank you. Well, yeah. Bonnet, I am listening. <laughs> I, I have heard you. I have heard the call of the mother. And I thank you for thank you. the work that you are doing to help mothers raise guardians of the forest and, and to raise uh, healthy, empowered children who are guardians of, of their their bodily autonomy and and their thinking and their being thank you and you know god bless gaia thank you thank you i i'd like to add one more thing that i that i, sure. that I if it's possible um part of what we do at, at mothers of the amazon also is we're developing educational programs for children in the united states we just finished a program for high school students. So it's there are environmental leadership use programs that are Amazon focused. And, um, and the idea is like really like our children in the West are suffering a lot with what's happening. You know, they are, you know, and that's why all these protests are happening yearly and weekly in many places. Um, and the best way to fight depression depression is like the leading cause for for death around the world today is not war it's depression and um 
and suicide and 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 we and we can see that like the impact of climate what the impact of climate change is having on children is is really 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 um not to be undermined um uh and uh, to be able to educate children uh so that they can so that so that they have tools to face um the world that is coming and um and uh, that is going to be a challenging world where we're going to have to find solutions for all the problems we've created <laughs> and um and so so yeah so i just wanted to say that that was also part you know of of um the mothers and the children and um yeah, if anybody's interested in those programs, they can also reach out. If anyone is interested in, you know, just joining the cause, you can also like add yourself on our mailing list and also, you know, um, volunteer. And uh, we're always, uh, you know, open to, to, to work together. They say in the forest, juntos estamos más fuerte. Together we are stronger. So. <laughs> many blessings <laughs> many blessings thank you um bueno gratitude gratitude what is it muita 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 gratidão gratidão much gratitude <laughs> yes thank you thank you everyone so you have um thank you for staying with us thank you uh, Bane, thank you for the work that you are doing. So everyone, Bane is with Mothers of the Amazon and that's mothersoftheamazon.com. I will make sure that you know how to connect with her and connect with this wonderful organization. And so stay tuned for our next episode of the Awakened Mother podcast. And as you return to the activities of the day, please remember that you are powerful beyond measure, loved beyond description, and a force for good in the world. So go forth and spread your good. Thank you for being with us. Peace and many blessings.